a real deal. I'll shoot your liver out and hand it to you. Dude, what just happened? If, if, uh, <laughs> if the viewers only know, he, Nate's over here starting World War Three over here five seconds I'm before trying. we go on. I am absolutely doing my best to. Yeah. So how do you share this? How do you share this so fast, Mike? Oh, well, I haven't done it yet, but thanks for putting me on the spot. Let me see here. I yeah, just go I to can't even find it. Are we, are we live? I can't even find it. There yeah, we go. Live. We're live. We're on. Yeah, uh, we no, like uh, every single time, like I'm, I'm like scrambling well, as fast as I can. It's been a weekend, boys. A lot of stuff in the pool world. Oh, it's a lot of stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna mute that. So, what else is, so we have the breaking news. The the big the big breaking news. We're going uh, Dennis versus Shane, part four thousand three hundred and eighty six, and uh, <laughs> that's kind of taking the pool world by storm right now. Shane jumped on a plane, I believe, yesterday, and he's on his way down to. Uh, South Carolina to take on Dennis. What do we think about that? He didn't need long to think about it, did he? Yeah. <laughs> he was straight on it. Yeah. I think the two of them are becoming friends now, aren't they? They spend so much time together. They're making money together. They're gambling against each other. You know, it's, I know eh? and I, I think uh I think I think before part one there was a genuine like disdain and because I've I've heard it from Shane himself, he'll say I'll never, I'll never do any any business with Dennis. I'll never let him earn a dime off of me and none of that shit. And I think after after the first one, the level of respect between them definitely was was bridged a lot. And I think it's good for the game. I mean, don't get me wrong. I enjoy the like when players genuinely dislike one another because um, yeah. I think it adds, especially for whenever you're you're playing for money. Um, but no, they yeah, they definitely get a lot more respect these days. But I mean, kudos to Shane, you know, stepping up at the at the last minute to go and and play Dennis. But I don't know, man, bar table nine ball watching pros, it's it that can be that can be that that's tough. And it's I love a, watching pool. I mean, it wouldn't surprise it wouldn't surprise me a bit if one of these players ran up fifteen. Well, but I mean, like, how, you can't go and ask. Dennis to play Shane bar table 10 ball because Sky beat Dennis and then Shane just smoked Sky. So, yeah. Um, well, that's, that's, but, I, and I texted Shane, uh, finding out why they're not playing 10 ball. And I, I didn't get a response back yet, but I, I have to assume that it's because Dennis doesn't want that action. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, one thing about Mike and them is that they don't, they don't mind putting on an exhibition, but like, if they present it as an exhibition, this is not. So they're yeah, presenting it bad. at, you know, yeah, for sure. Yeah. They're going to eat. It's at, it's at a minimum 10 a man. I don't, I don't know all the details cause it just came out last night, but um, at a minimum it's 10,000 a man. Um, and I'm sure there'll be more, but I mean, it's tough because, you know, Shane's got a real good history on the bar table. And last time we saw Dennis playing on the small table, he gets, I mean, it was a battle with Sky, but you know, we, I mean, he lost. It's it's pretty it's pretty awful, man. You go and lose, like, at least sixty thousand in the middle, and then probably another forty on the rail betting sky. Um, you want to play the game again. Your backers want to play the game again, and then for this to kind of go and happen, it's kind of if you're Dennis, you 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 got to be sick to your stomach. So, 
Um, Matt, what can you do? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. It's um, so wow! Look who decided to show up. What's hey, up, man? hey, Rob! He must have just woke up. Can you hear us, buddy? Apparently, he doesn't want to talk to us. He must be bitter at mm-hmm. us. He must be mad. That's okay. All right. So uh, the thing, yeah, I, the guess- thing I find, the thing I find funny is I saw the 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 poster for it on uh, Facebook. And, and uh, also on Shane's post, and they had to specify in it. I mean, they're using a they're using a template, they're using a magic wrap, or whatever. And they had to specify in it the balls must be frozen. <laughs> this just for me as a European, the, the you know, gamlet. We never have these things about the rack and stuff like that. You just go and you set them up, you stick them together, you you know, everybody just racks them tight, and then you go ahead. And it it just made me laugh that this has to be something that has to be. Put as a rule when it when in fact it is a rule of the game anyway. That would be like yeah. me challenging Nate to a match and then specifying that you have to use the the cue ball in order to pot other balls. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like what it do just you makes think me laugh every time I see it. It's like you have to rack them. Well, of course you have to rack them tight. Why do you even have to have this conversation? I mean, well, but well, is well, it, to be fair, is it gamesmanship I, I, though? I mean, is it gamesmanship or is it just like? To me, I think the rack is as much a knowledge as any other skill in pool. Because if you're going to allow the guys to go and do it, don't be mad at them because they know how to do it well. Yeah, but you know? see, but, 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 see, and this is this is where this is where my viewpoint on it differs from. I think the mentality in the, in the states. You guys almost see it as a as a skill to know how to leave gaps in the rack. When for me, when the rule states. And it states in nine ball rules, the world rules for nine ball, and for every that the balls must be racked as tightly as you possibly can get them. Now, if a natural gap appears and you can't do anything about it, that's fine. But creating your own gap, which is what you're talking about, is cheating. Yeah. So I'm gonna have to push back on you, Jim, because I, I mean, in the world rules, I'm sure that's different. But in the rules that we play by in the U.S., which for the most part is not the world standardized rules. Uh, that's that's not that's another issue. issue. That's another that's, issue. Yeah. Well, and when, yeah, when now we're at a million the reason, million. but the, the reason for using a template is to guarantee that the balls are stuck together, or to give them its yeah. best effort to right. Well, but, if it, it's a it's a it's a it's a shitty yeah, template yeah. wrap. It's a shitty template <laughs> if the balls don't aren't stuck together. Tell them the truth. <laughs> Tell them how you really feel, Jim. Yeah, well, it is. Yeah. If, if, if the balls aren't yeah. stuck together, it's a shitty template. Get another one. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And uh, to, to actually then to, to go in there and try and make a gap somewhere, that for me is, it just blows well, my mean, mind like, that this is a thing. You'll yeah. see them all, whether it's 10 ball or 9 ball, they're all doing funny things. I, I, I revert back to the Texas Open because every year during when they're during their player meeting, they're always saying, look, I don't know what they're doing to that one ball, but whatever they're doing, it ain't happening here. So uh, they don't want them messing messing with that with that one ball at all. So. Um, but I mean, like, in, in all fairness, though, this is gambling, so it's not a tournament. I can see, like, in a, on a tournament. Okay, fair sure. enough. Yeah, yeah but yeah. then if, if, it is an, if it is an issue and both players have agreed that all balls should be frozen, it shouldn't take much for them to get an independent referee to turn up for three days and rack the balls for them. Yeah. You could pick somebody out of the crowd to do that. You could do it. Using a template rack, you literally could just pick somebody out of the crowd. Show them a couple of times how to do it, where to push the balls to get them to sit nicely, and it'll work every single time. Look, and it could I don't be, know about you, but I wouldn't want that pressure. 
Like, <laughs> I mean, like, and imagine if it gets tight, like I'm, I'm, I'd be there, you know, shaking to go and get the balls all frozen together myself, you know? If yeah, I, but it's not <laughs> difficult to do. <laughs> I mean, if you're having to do it in a wooden rack and you're really trying to get them in and you're seeing when you think, oh, shit, I can't leave that gap. That's not good for him. And he was like that. But a template rack, you throw them in, they sit, they're done. It's, yeah. unless it's a shitty template. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I can't argue with that. So uh, really quickly, before we jump into why this match is happening, uh, we can give a mm-hmm. shout-out to Brett and Mac Attack and Lil' Chris, Claire, Joey Ryan. Thank you guys for tuning in oh, and man. partaking in the chats. Uh, so I guess I'll uh, I'll say why this is happening. And, uh, Mike, you can jump in and tell me at any point in time if I'm an idiot and getting this wrong. Shane, basically, so the match basically after Carlo and Sky, my understanding is – Sky's backers got some cold feet and didn't want to post the money to have the match with Dennis happen. So they pulled out the money behind Sky. And at that point in time, Sky had the option to either put up his own and play Dennis or back out as well. Uh, He decided not to play the match because he didn't want to post his own. I don't blame him. And next thing you know, Shane was asked to see if he would come down and play the match. He jumped on the ship right away and off he goes. So any part about that's not right, Mike? Well, you just, you know, the one that, all uh, yeah, you just, want to just put it all out there. Well, I think um, it's, uh, um, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not, that's just what happened, right? I'm not throwing a spin on it. I'm not trying to like crap on anyone. I'm just, you know, that's what happened. And I think it's, it's fair we, to say that. Do we know if, the, I mean, do we know if that, do we know if the backers pulling out was based on his performance against Carlo? I don't my, know that. To my, to my understanding, yeah. Because I mean, it, it it has to be because otherwise, Sky beat Dennis last time. So why the hell wouldn't they go and and run it again? Just ba- if it was just based off of that game, then you're running it back a hundred percent. No one if, if if that backers that nitty to where they won't do it based off of you know the last match, then that's ridiculous. They'll probably never get action again. But it has to be because of what happened between Sky and Carlo. And I mean, I know I heard it a little bit in the commentary, you know, about half-assing some shots, a lack of effort, a lack of focus, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I don't want to, I gotta, I gotta like tread lightly here. Cause I'm, 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 I'm a sponsor with them. And but at the same time, I got integrity too, you know? And, but the thing is that <clears throat> that that's one thing about Mike and them. They're saying it's a gambling match. If anyone's got any questions as to what, as to its authenticity, this right here shows you that it's on the level because if it wasn't, they would have just pushed forward and had it be an exhibition and no one would have been none the wiser. So this just shows you, you know, what kind of integrity that those guys have as far as how they go and what they're presenting to your computer screen or your phone screen or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, Sky didn't look all that great at times. I mean, at times he looked, he looked, he looked great, but he, his lack of focus was pretty evident. He missed a lot of balls. He shouldn't have. I know, Whenever I heard the player interview at the beginning, Sky had said he really hadn't been playing much um, since the last time. time. Yeah. Well, that yeah, that's true. But I mean, listen, if you're putting up ten thousand and your guy goes and says I really haven't been playing much, I mean, are you gonna go? Are you gonna go and fire another ten or twenty at him a week later? After he you lost know? the last two in a row. Yeah, and it, it's one thing if he goes and he says, you know what, I've been I've been warming up for you know. 10 days straight. And again, I don't know whether or not sky did or not. I don't know if that was just sky being sky. Whenever he said that in the interview, 
but it's certainly the, the optics didn't look good. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll say that. But um, yeah, Nate just went went right for it. Didn't. Well, <laughs> I, I, I mean, at the end of the day, like, uh, I mean, I mean, unless guy's going to come out and say that something else happened. I mean, it's not hard to draw the line, right? So if, if you think about it analytically or even critically for 15 seconds, you're going to see that Sky lost his last two matches in a row. And you're going to see the performance that he put out was it was not good against Shane. I mean, Shane blew his doors off. I mean, Shane played great. I mean, there's nothing that really Sky could do in that match besides, you know, just you know, dig deep and find a gear that he's never found before. But yeah, I mean, you can look at the Carlo match and his break was not doing him much justice. And he was struggling with, you know, just potting kind of simple balls. I mean, he, at the end of it, I mean, I, I think at the, the beginning of the match, so uh, at the beginning of the match, like the first 20 games or something like that, Sky had had eight unforced errors. That is insane. Now you could have some pre-match jitters. You could have, Listen, man, that man's been a Moscone Cup MVP. He's been on the biggest of stages that the sport has allowed. Don't give me that shit about being about jitters, man. That that that's not that's lack of preparation. Just yeah. well, say say, that, say what it know, is. I mean, because that, be don't tell me don't tell me that stage at Bills in Oklahoma is is bigger than than a Moscone Cup stage where he's been poised under pressure. You know where he's processed that to the fullest. You know, the thing is, if 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 you, if you go into a tournament or if you go into a big match like that and you feel yourself that you're underprepared, then that will itself give you the jitters, because you're almost going in there not actually knowing how you're going to play and being worried about what level you're at. You know, when you're going into a big match like this, and that can make that can get you a bit nervous and a little bit. I, I really don't know. I really don't feel it early in the match, and you start to maybe just worry about it a bit and bit, get a bit panicky, and that can make you a bit jittery, regardless of what the arena is you're playing in kind of thing. If well, you if you yourself I, I, don't feel as if you've prepared correctly, then it's going to affect how you play. Well, let me jump in here because I think it does matter the arena that you're in. And I think it, it matters in the arena uh, you're in just because when he was playing the rest of his matches, he was playing on a bar table, right? I mean, how hard is it to get yourself <laughs> in stroke on a bar table? I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to like, I can't run out two balls in a row on a bar table. So I'm not going to, you know, but the idea is if, if you're going on, unprepared into a match and you're playing on a bar table, you can shoot your, you can shoot yourself into a stroke so much easier than if you're on a big table with, you know, tight ish pockets. And I think, I think that's, I think that's a lot of what the misses could have been from sky was with Carlo was he's playing on a bar table or a big table. Now, instead of a bar table and those little playing to the outsides of the pockets on those deep shelves, those balls aren't going to fall like they are from an extra two foot away where they will fall on a bar table when you're, you know, two foot closer to the pocket. It, it takes a level, an extra level of accuracy. I don't know. But then you got to, you got to give the match and the player the respect that it deserves, and you know, or I mean, at least, at at least go because whenever this happens, then it doesn't look good. If Sky's joking around and he wins by and he wins by thirty, no one, no one's going and, and saying a peep. But you go and and lose the way the manner in which you lost, and then you have this happen afterwards on your, you know, for the next match you had scheduled where you beat the guy for six figures. I mean, it's, it's brutal, man. I mean, pool is, pool is tough. I mean, I mean, but kudos to Mike and them for scrambling. You know, I know we've seen a lot of Shane and Dennis, but um, if there's one yeah, thing to be no. said, I mean, don't, well, I mean, I love seeing it, but I'm, but bar table, nine ball, but bar table nine ball is just a little tough for me for pros. Like that's just, 
I mean, that's just my own thing with it, you know. Yeah, we're getting but, we're getting a lot of amazing things out of the chat room right now. I think uh, Jace, Jason Shaw says, you know, he he agrees completely, and you know, he he agrees with you, Jim. Jessica Westbrook, I think this is an interesting point that would be something to talk about. The venue Bills only sold fifteen VIC, VIP seats for this. If if they can't like, I don't want to talk. Well, I know that they're posting up about minimum of 10k to get this match at each of these bars the so bar getting, is yes if they're posting yeah. 10k to get these matches there and they're selling 15 vip seats simple math says that they are losing their butts just off of bringing that in i of course you're gonna you're gonna make up a little bit of it at the bar but the idea is if, if you're if you would normally run let's say ten thousand dollars on a on an average weekend making for money and you're bringing in a match like this, you're not expecting to make ten thousand. You're, you're, you know, you're hoping to make a lot more than that. But if you're losing all of your money posting up to get this match here, and then you're barely making it up, what's the point of bringing the match in? Like, I, I don't know what we need to do as far as you know, making these uh, venues feel like they're getting a good investment out of bringing these players in. Uh, I, I mean, maybe it's just you got to support it a little bit better. I don't, I don't know. Does anybody have a thought on that? It, it's hard How to go and, and and market the fans for not putting up they've seen sky go and play a lot bills by himself has put on a lot of matches you're hitting guys over and over and over again in a short amount of time which is a great thing for us at home but it's tough for those guys who are trying to go and charge 150 dollars a seat on top of that you have apa going on in 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 las vegas right now so you got to assume that you know there's a lot of players out there from that area and then you got bca coming up right afterwards people are holding their money for that so I think there's a number, and not only that, but I don't think your average pool fan knows who Carlo Beato is. I love Carlo. I love his game. He's a monster. He's he's a top, he's a top player in the world. I mean, like in that in that very very top uh, stratosphere for me. But the average pool fan doesn't know who he is. The average pool fan knows who Sky is because they've seen him on the Moscone Cup, you know. But it's Sky's coming off a loss. On top of that, so I think it was just the perfect storm. But you're right. I mean. I don't know any of the financials, but I'd I'd be willing to bet a lot of money that he lost a lot of money on this match. But it happens sometimes. I mean, it, they're not always going to be Shane and Dennis. But they, I listen. I've been at Bills where it was packed. I've been at Bills where it was in the middle of COVID, and that thing is standing room only. So I mean, I've yeah. you know, I, I, it's, 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 well it's just a, it's a bit it's a bit of a shame. It's a bit of a shame that it has to be Shane and Dennis for for anyone to make any money out of it. You know. Well, I, I, like, I, yeah, I agree. Yeah, with the, yeah. I agree with the, the chat room. I think Jason and Dennis is a match I would love to see. Big table ten ball. Well, well Jason's got to get on. Right? Jason's got to get on the bar box now, doesn't he? He's got to start picking off some big names on the bar box now that he's a bar box champion. Yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's Americanized now. He's Americanized. <laughs> what have you done? Yeah, what have up, you done uh, to my fellow Scotsman? You can't go get my. These Europeans playing bar box, you ruin their games. Oh we, God! We need, we need all the help we can get, Jim. <laughs> well, just a hypothetical like one one question and or a one word answer to this, and we'll start with Rob because I'm pretty sure he doesn't exist at this point. Dennis and uh, Jason play each other, race to 100 on big table ten ball. Who wins? One word answer. What you got, Rob? Dennis. Jim. Jason, what was that? <laughs> Wait a that minute. Go wa- back to, that was him. Go back to that, was him. <laughs> <laughs> that was him <laughs> wanting to say Dennis, but not wanting yeah. to upset no. him. That's what that was. <laughs> no, I wanted to say, does Jason, does, does Jason get three weeks to get into stroke? 
If you, if you Jason, Jason won't play more than you think he has, I think. Tomorrow he gets beat. Three weeks from now, Jason doesn't turn up for a match like that and turn around and say, I haven't played much the last couple of weeks. I can promise you that. I can, I can promise you that. If, J- if Dennis wants to go up against Jason and gives him three weeks to get ready, then Jason beats him. Mike, what do you think? Jason. My one-word answer, it's a tie. No, nah, Jason. I, I like Jason in that. I think it breaks you. All right, so uh, that's, a, that's a fun little thing. So let's. Uh, I guess we can talk about that. We've already been kind of discussing the match between Carlo and Sky already, but um, I mean, is there any other things that stand out? I mean, it. it I agreed. It didn't. It didn't really look like Sky was quite prepared from what I saw, uh, and I, I think it's because you can. You don't have to be. If, Sky is so damn talented at this game that he doesn't have to be ready to play on a bar table. He can literally. He can literally wake. Set his alarm clock at two a.m. after getting completely hammered the night before and I don't know, chop off an arm and he's still going to run out from everywhere on a bar table. That's just not going to work on a big table. I think, I think he has to be a little bit more prepared than what he was. And, you know, he's, he's too good to, to roll over and die. I mean, but I I think you just got to be more prepared for that. If you're going to put a huge, you know, a a real challenge out there for, for a, a world champion. And I, I just don't think we saw that. So uh, I, I, does anybody else stand – anything else stand out for anyone else? Uh, I don't know, man. We all – Go ahead, Mike. No, I, th- I think I think Carlo is – Carlo ain't the guy you don't get prepared for. Carlo is not the player you do not go and work your ass off ahead of time to go and be ready for that match, you know, and – um. I don't get it. I, I know that, like, I was there whenever Shane and, and, and I'm sorry, uh, Sky and Dennis played, and I saw Dennis at the pool room before and after for hours and hours and hours trying to find his 10-ball break. I mean, you can just tell it was just eating at him and eating at him and eating at him. And you're right, Sky did, did just show up, practice for about 30, 45 minutes maybe, uh, and we the rest is history, right? But I think it just goes back to – work ethic and i think it's a it's a trend and i mean i may get a lot of flack for it, but i think it's a trend amongst americans i'll just put it like that you know i don't think there's very many americans who will go and and put in the work like that to go and and, and prepare the way they should you piss off shane shane will do it you know but shane doesn't need to go and and gamble to go and have a good life at this point in his career Shane so, isn't motivated by money. Shane is motivated by, you know, you pissing him off or, you know, a slight to his character or something like that. Shane doesn't need the money, so he can't be motivated by that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, don't get me wrong. The money's good. But, but um, that's what gets him up in the morning to go and play. I think, like, for this, whenever he said, I'm going to get another swing at Dennis, let's go. Because I ain't going to lose three times in a row, you know. And um, uh, But I just, I don't get it, man. I don't understand. It really just frustrates me. Um, the guys who put guy in there, I don't blame them one bit for not wanting to go and get involved in that Dennis match after what they've seen, you know. But um, I mean, what can you do? It, I, I, we don't see this in 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 in, but at the same time, you see Europeans going and gambling like this. But I like just from a work ethic standpoint, all you see is those kids going and every time they post something, they're on they're on a pool table. Am I am I lying, Jim? No. Yeah. There. I mean, how much? How much did the Euro Tour pay 
<laughs> I think. Uh, I think. I, I think. You, well, put it this way: once you've travelled and you've stayed in your hotel, which you're 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 required to stay in the hotel for a minimum amount of nights. Uh, I think in order to break even, you have to make quarterfinals. You're hoping to double. But your see, money. look at that though, man. How crazy is that though? Everybody's traveling from all over the world to fight for those spots and putting in that effort, knowing that they're probably going to go and lose money showing up to that event. And that's the kind of dedication that you go and get from the Europeans. And then we get this. And this is like a recurring theme here, boys. This is the Predator event all over again. If that event is held in Europe, how how packed is that? How full is that? And how soon is it is it full? It's it's full in an hour. If If it's held in Europe, there would not be a 64-player cap like there was. That didn't yeah. fill. Because they did, So what are we talking fill, about? Right? It, it, was like, it was like 38 players in that field? Is that right? Yeah. It didn't even – I don't know exactly, but I know it didn't It didn't fill up. It did not get to 64, which is the limit, right? So you're talking, you're talking a $10,000 added event that Predator is putting on to try to grow this sport, and the players will not support it. There was, there was like 12 Americans in that, in that, yeah. entire frick, in that entire field. Yeah. So I mean, like, I mean, it, day, like it's mind blowing to me, man. But and you, it this is just the reality of the way of the way it is right now, you know. And you can call it a culture, whatever you want to call it. For whatever reason, this is just the way those guys are getting up for it, you know. And Carlo's not that guy to go in like the day of. I'm gonna go and get ready. Carlo will punish you. And I know Carlo did make a lot of mistakes, but I don't remember Carlo playing a not on the spot event. Maybe the international a few years ago. So, um, besides that, I haven't seen him very much. But there was times Carlos put on a highlight reel. And we're not even really talking about it because of the news that happens right afterward. You know, Carlo had moments of genius in that match. But that is Carlo. He is that good. He yeah. is like. I mean, and we're talking. I mean, you guys are talking as if <clears throat> as if Sky played like, like terrible. Okay, maybe his attitude wasn't. Oh, maybe no. he wasn't prepared. But we. We discussed this last week, and I think when we discussed it last week, we thought it was a race to 100. We were asking what we all thought. And we were all round about the, the 80, 75 to 80, maybe 85 that, that Sky would reach if it was going to 100. And I think he went, I think when Carlo got to the 100, it was 76, I think Sky was on. So he's, we're not far away there. And he's ended up with 101 to, to Carlo's 120. Now that's probably around about where you would put him. Based on, I mean, Nate, Nate did the whole Fargo thing with uh, Shane against uh, Sky when Shane did Sky 150 to 119, I think it was. Yeah, it was within, a, it, <clears> was <throat> a, it was then about, uh, I think, six games of where Fargo would have predicted it. Yeah, Far- Fargo put it right that. around there. And I'm guessing Fargo would probably put Sky around about the 100, going 120 against Carlo. So they've kind of played the way, I mean, if you if this Fargo is all, all you know, which. The more and more, the, the more and more we do these kind of things, and, and these matches are played, it does seem reasonably accurate. The whole Fargo thing. So Sky's probably played around about the strength that he should have been playing against Carlo. You know, I didn't. I never ever thought he would get there against him. So, so to if 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 what's happened has been based on the fact that he lost to Carlo, then I mean that's that's kind of bullshit because he, he he's not supposed to beat Carlo, really, in my opinion. You know. Uh, could he have played better? I didn't see the match. Did he miss balls that he wasn't supposed to miss? Well, you, you've played two, you've played two hundred racks. I mean, at the end of the day, he got off to a really bad start, and he never managed to claw that back. But he kept that the lead that Carlo had 
you know, halfway through day one, that held pretty much the rest of the match. So the rest of the match, they kind of played even. Because I think Carlo was very quickly up about 15, 16 racks, wasn't he? That's I, think, I think day two, I think day two, Sky got within like eight or seven, somewhere around there. And it seemed like yeah. early on, but then right Carlo just, yeah, but then Carlo stretched it back out, back to 12 or so where it started the day at. So it was like, you go and get some momentum and then you get punched in the stomach again. But that's that's exactly that's exactly what we said last week. Sky has more than enough ability to hang with these top 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 guys over a shorter period of time. You know, you give you give him up, you give him a race to nine against these guys, or even a race to twenty, and he can do it. He can get there. But when you're talking about an extended match over 120, maybe the consistency isn't there. He's going to have these bad these bad moments, and he can't hang with them for that long a period. That's exactly what we said. Uh, last week. He can hang over a shorter period of time, but we couldn't see him getting there against Carlo, getting so, up to 100 or 120. And that's exactly what proved to be. He had these moments where he, where, where he battered Carlo for, for, for an hour, an hour and a half, and managed to squeeze some racks out of it and get closer, but over over the long run, it just, he just couldn't keep it. You know? Do you guys think the format needs tweaking? Like, maybe a race to 21, best of five sets? So that I like C-sets. Like yeah, I yeah, like so C-sets. Yeah. Yeah. That way, if you if let's say you get smoked the first day, I mean, it happened with Jeff and Fink. They played even, you know, after that. But if you have a best of sets format, you know that that day one performance isn't going to go and haunt you, you know, for the rest of the event. Yeah. So, so really quickly, basically, Fargo would predict that uh, Carlo would win one, uh, one twenty to about one hundred and four. So he's played three lakhs less than what Fargo says. I mean, it's, it's pretty much it's pretty close, you know. Yeah. It's yeah, spot as close yeah. So, I mean, so unless so unless so you can't really say that Sky's underperformed unless Carlo also underperformed. But Carlo played pretty solid. Well, I mean, right? look, look, Miguel said it in there. Miguel was there at Bills. He was there in Oklahoma. He said it. I mean, Carlo showed up with his B or C game and still dominated like that. And I think mm-hmm. that's fair. I mean, but I mean, with Carlo, you would have excuses. Right? I've never seen Carlo go and play on that kind of stage before. Yeah, I mean, Car- Carlos a gambler through and through. You know, he's Filipino. He's very well seasoned in that regard, but he's never been on a stage like that. So at least then you could give him a little bit of a pass. Plus, I haven't seen Carlo play a whole lot of not on the spot myself. You know, um, but I don't think I've ever yeah, seen him I'm, in a Euro tour. No, no, never. None of the Europeans. I mean, I'm sorry, none, none of the uh, none of the Filipinos. No. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. That, yeah. That's something listen, we discussed I, last week. We, we weren't sure about how the break would go, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, listen. I heard there's rumblings of of Carlo and Fedor, though. That's what I heard. World champion uh-huh. versus world versus world champion. Bring it on. I don't know. It's, it's got to be nine ball. It's got to be nine ball. They. What do you mean? You don't Fedor's think Carlo? Won- you, you, no. Carlo, play, Carlo will play ten ball as well. Carlo, will play, Carlo ten. will play ten ball. I, I think he can know. get staked at that game. I think he can get staked. I just don't think he can win. Look, I mean, he – listen, uh, Fedor may have gotten up early on Jeff, but like I said, he played him pretty much even for the rest of the event thereafter. And I don't put Jeff anywhere near Carlo's uh, league myself. Oh, I, I agree with that. But I, I think that um, I think that if Fedor wanted to step on the gas pedal, uh, if, if Fedor needed to, he would have. Jeff never got within 20 games no. realistically and put a huge – Huge push on him. That's, killer, exactly what, that's exactly what happened with uh, Sky and Carlos. Sky, uh, Carlo got off to a good uh, uh, start, yeah. 
and Sky never really got back to him. Was Car- did Carlos have his foot off the gas and just holding on to his lead and just winning the racks All you're right. supposed to win? You know, if you, if, you get, if you get if you end up with a 15 rack lead, you if you just win the racks you're supposed to get out of, yeah, and don't make any stupid yeah. mistakes, you're not going to give that away. You know, so you don't have to force anything. Well, whereas Sky's having to force stuff, um, so. You never know if the guys are giving it 100%, if they're playing their top A game, or if they're just playing a little bit just within themselves just to make sure that they, they don't do anything stupid. Yeah, and I'm no, thinking about it a little bit did. closer now. I, I think, yeah. All right, it would be cool. I think Fedor would pull it out, but I think, yeah, I think it'd be pretty close. I think I'll tell I, you, I, both, I sides, both sides and backers like like their end of it. I can tell you yeah. that. Yeah. So I, yeah. I think I think there's a good <clears throat> there's a good chance it happens, but – I mean, people forget, like, and this is going back to what we we're talking about when when it comes to the seats and not selling out. Like, Fedor and Jeff didn't do so well, you know. But a lot of people, I mean, they knew Fedor as a world champion at that time, uh, Moscone Cup champion. But it takes time to go and like build a fan base here in the U.S. for people to like want to go and spend money to go and show up to go and watch you. And Jeff doesn't, for sure, doesn't have a fan base here in the U.S. You know, so when you get guys like that, I think it was just a combination of things, but. Um, there's one thing about Mike and them. They're going to continue to push forward. I, again, this shows the, the legitimacy of the money in the middle by what happened with Sky and them pulling out, you know, yeah. because they, they, they were not, they're not going to go and sell you a money match and have it be an exhibition. They got too much integrity for that. So, and that's why I'm proud to be a sponsor with them. One of the reasons anyway. Yeah. No, I think it's, uh, <clears throat> No, I, I mean, it, how awesome is it? To, uh, I think um, Michael Michael Salmon said it perfectly. I, this used to be, you know, this was almost getting a little bit boring just watching Dennis and Shane and Sky kind of just basically toss matches back and forth. But now we're starting to get more players involved like Fedor and uh, Carlo. And, you know, it sounds like Albin might be wanting to jump into the box. I mean, it'd be awesome to start getting more of these players in. I, I think there could be a market for it. I'm, I'm I'm more of a traditionalist. I, I love watching gambling matches, but I wish most of the action would be involved in big tournaments like the world championships, the, you know, hopefully the predator tour takes off. I like to see my pool more. in. What do you mean? Nate? I, well, I, I like to see more people involved, right? So if we're watching a gambling match, I love watching gambling matches. Of course, I'm, I buy every single one of them. I'm sitting here watching them from start to finish for the most part. But if I can watch a tournament with 128 players and I can learn narratives about, you know, uh, the, the twin brothers from South Africa or, you know, the 13-year-old the or the uh, like or even like a 15-year-old version of uh, Joshua Filler when we're watching him play against, I want to say that was actually Jürgen Goplin in uh, in a Euro tour. And we're watching him, you know, play in that. We're, we're getting to see the new jungle. profiles. Dimitri Jungle. Dimitri was, was him? Yeah. 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 Okay. So we're getting to see these new profiles, these new players with individual stories and individual narratives. And we, we can actually start building some, some cool stories based off of this where, you know, these gambling matches, you're just watching pool. And I think to grow the game specifically, we got to have more than just Shane and Dennis battling it out all the time. We got to have, we got to bring in new blood and bring in new stories well, I mean, let's, and new trends. The reason why it's so compelling is because Shane and Dennis are who they are. Right. They yeah, they they have they have the resumes that, that they go and have, you know, Dennis and his wins and his, you know, money match experience and, and Shane with all of his U.S. Open titles and all of those. Just just the 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 battles that we've seen them in over has made these people us right be fans of these guys. Right. I mean, Filler's not a, a 
a legend by, you know, winning one world championship. You know, Jason's not that either. None of these guys are, you know, Sky, part of Sky's story is his MVP, you know, but you, along the more fandom for these guys by watching them more and more. So you're absolutely right. But yeah, I mean, they're not going to let just, they're not going to put just anybody on the pay-per-view, you know, on, on, and, and, and not any of these guys can go and get stake. Like, I mean, I'm surprised depending on the match, I'm surprised Albin could get stake for a really big amount. Cause I ain't really seen him go and gamble for big amounts and gambling in tournaments different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, the thing is, is these, these these big matches, these big matches are great for pool fans, for already established pool fans. You know, you want you want to see these big guys going up against each other and uh, and having some money on it, and really getting into the match. And maybe there's a little bit of a grudge in the background kind of thing that we know about because we're all involved in the pool scene. As far as expanding the sport to a wider audience. It has zero impact whatsoever for such a massive match. If you're talking about the biggest match of the entire year is with Shane against uh, um, Dennis and it went hill, hill, and it was the most amazing thing ever. Did it create any new viewers for pool throughout the world? No. And it's the well, biggest match of the whole year. That, that one I could push back on a little bit because the – they were actually did a decent job of getting that um, those last few matches out there and uh, circulating, and you know maybe if somebody I mean, some random sixteen year old kid comes across it who's never seen a pool table before, maybe maybe they're compelled by the story. But I kind of agree with Mike that we, that's such an interesting match because we do have that long yeah. trend line of you know these guys have been battling and grinding against each other for years and years and years and that means nothing to a 16 year old kid coming across it for the first time or for that matter a 65 year old guy who plays pool casually with his buddies from high school i i don't know the the idea is i don't think that that really adds a lot but what it does do is it gets that video out there a lot of eyeballs get on it and you can at least you can at least know that there's there's the reach on that is hundreds of thousands if not maybe millions of people from that from that match. Well, I mean, listen, if they're going and getting, you know, 10,000 or, you know, or let's say five to 10,000 a man guaranteed for showing up, I'm just happy these guys are being able to go and get a paycheck. And for those guys who aren't invited to the party, listen, when you get a resume like Shane and Dennis, then you can get invited to the party. It's just that simple. But they, they, their own work outside of this to go and, and have people want to go and, and see them play. But I mean, if the world was more open, who knows? I mean, Kachi likes to go and gamble. You know, Filler likes to go and gamble, I heard. <laughs> so, I mean, there's there's plenty of guys. Chang's on his way over here to come and, and, and play Shane on a match that's really kind of put together last minute, but he's itching to go and play. I mean, I think there's opportunity, but the logistics of it are make it make it super difficult. But, I mean, they're trying to go and make the best of it and cram it into a smaller window as they have, given that these guys are only going to be over here but a short time. You know, and Fedor, Fedor will play anybody. You don't care when it is, where it is. I mean, he'll play whenever. He just wants to go and gamble. So, I mean, he just wants I like to play. that. I mean, I see, I see Joey, I see Joey Ryan in the comments saying, "How do you know, Jim?" And there's no date on that. You're just assuming. No, I don't have any date on it. You're correct, and maybe it did reach some people who had never watched pool before. But if you look at any other sport in the world that's grown, is grown through tournament play and tournaments sure. being available to people to watch. Shorter races, more excitement. Whereas this is more, this is for a pool fan. You know, who's going to sit? I mean, only a pool fan would sit and watch 200 racks with two, the same players playing 200 racks over three days. You mm -hmm. know, 
that's not going to build an audience. If that was the case, if that was the kind of thing that people outside of a sport who are new to a sport, if that's the kind of thing they want to see, then you'd be seeing Roger Federer playing against Rafael Nadal uh, well, for for five years for five years straight playing. Uh, a set to 100 games and Roger don't want that smoke. Roger doesn't want Roger don't want Roger, Roger, Roger can't hang them for 100 games. Not anymore. <laughs> well, his knees can't hold on, man. He just had surgery on his knees. He just had surgery on his knees. Be nice to the guy. But no, well, well, Jim, I do want to talk about that because there's kind of two ways of promoting the sport, right? Or sports in general. What you're talking about is the way that most of them operate, but you know, there's actually boxing tournaments, right? And boxing isn't promoted by, you know, tournaments. The Olympics is a tournament, right? Boxing in the Olympics is a tournament. But that that gets its big, big, big publicity from Mayweather and Pacquiao and from Tyson Fury and uh, the dude from I mean, the other guy. I can't remember his name. But the, <laughs> So there's two ways to promote. The idea is Poole is trying to do both of them, I think. And I, I think that tournaments is a better option, as do you, but... It, you can't just say that there's you can't promote it in that kind of way when you see yeah, but the these, MMA you're talking about boxing. Like that. They you, do. You talk about boxing, or you talk about you, you, you know, boxing isn't two guys getting in a ring and all their mates getting together and say, "I'll put money on you," and they, they, all his mates are going to put money on him, and then at the end of it, they're they're boxing for a world championship, or they're boxing to get the ranking up to have a go at a world championship. I mean, oh no, they like that money too. No. Trust me. Oh, they no, like, they, they like that money. Yeah, they, 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 they like yeah, that money. Find me, find me a sport that doesn't have gambling, legal gambling, legal gambling, along with it. You know, every, every major sport you're going to be able to place by, a wager by, by the public, by the public. Yeah. Yes, but not, yeah. but not, but not by the players involved. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. That's yeah, illegal. Yeah, yeah. It's well, illegal to bet have on it. yourself in a, yeah, in, a yeah. in a real sport. <laughs> a real sport. It's illegal to bet on yourself. I can't argue That's, with that. Yep. Well, yeah. The, I mean, the difference between MMA and boxing is the the players get. And I, I might be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure this is right. The 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 boxers are getting paid by the promoters who put on the fight, who are then paid by corporate sponsors who are sponsoring the event, advertising with it. Uh, right now, we are getting paid by people who are posting money and gambling illegally so i mean that that's the big i mean really there's just there's a handful of guys who keeping who keeping these guys paid i mean it's tough exactly but we've said this before it's it's the same hundred dollar bill that's floating around between all these people exactly yeah so the idea is is it a good situation let's let's take a perfect world let's let's take a perfect world where there actually is corporate money and pool rolex is sponsoring events and bmw and you know Arab Emirates, all these different places, there's money in pool and people are actually going to put money behind these tournaments and uh, gambling matches similar to boxing and similar to let's say golf, which do you think would be the best way of promoting the sport at that point? The one-on-one matchups with established players uh, similar to that of MMA and boxing, or do you think it'd be better the golf approach where you, you know, you just have a bunch of major events with a bunch of fillers in between them. The and, golf, and then, occa- and, then occa- and then occasionally you have Tiger. Then occasionally you have Tiger Woods calling out Phil Mickelson for a million, like they did. And then, and then that becomes a that becomes a once in a lifetime thing. Ten million, and, yeah. But that becomes a once in a lifetime thing, and the, the buzz on that it just exploded for that. And then 
that's when you have a Dennis against Shane happening once in in a five-year period where everyone goes, not three times in a year. It's not... What's, I mean, well, but the, yeah, it, does, it, it certainly what, takes what, its, its luster at away. What point, at what point is it not special anymore to see them yeah. doing another race to 150, you know? That's fair. That's a very fair argument. I can't argue that. But, I mean, you know, if, if it, then the flip side of it is, look, they can just take their money, go and play on table nine in the corner at, at some hole in the wall that nobody's ever heard of, right? And the match goes on, and then we get robbed of an opportunity to go and see it. So then we're complaining about that. You know, so, like, it's a double-edged – It's a do- but I understand what you're saying, though, Jim, for sure. I, I personally, like, I would rather have the, the golf and tennis approach myself. But I mean, like yeah. in the mean in the meantime, these guys still got to go and and crack a nut, man. You know, they pool. still got to try to like make some kind of money. For me, pool is where it needs to be when the gambling is done by amateurs, and the, all the pros are making enough and earning enough playing the tournaments, and they're traveling the world, they're doing the tournament thing, they're proper professionals, and the gambling. That's the amateurs. They do. They can do all the gambling they want. Uh, like in other sports, you go and have a game of tennis with your mate, and you turn around and say, "I'll put fifteen dollars on this or whatever." Or you, you know, whatever. But the pros are pros, and they play the tournaments. But there has to be enough money there that everybody can feed. You know, yep. from that from that pot, and, Rob, and then you you have, and that's a proper Rob. pro tour. You know, I see. Um, I see a huge know. difference in in the sporting world. Uh, with pool being set aside from all the rest of the sports in, in one way in particular, and that's the venues. I, I think people, you know, you got Pebble Beach, you got you get these huge venues that people have been watching for years and years and years. What do you got, a little pool room in Oklahoma? I mean, how many people, pool players in the United States, even been there and know that place or even want to go there and play pool there? Let's test this. Do you know where? Do you know where it was held at? You know, uh, Roy's basement. You got. I mean, you got a few a few places to play, but they're not heralded as these huge events are like the rest of the sports. And I, so that's one problem. And and people tune into sports because of that particular event, the prestige behind that event, and the venue itself where it's held uh, you don't see that in pool it's just not there yet yet well, i mean that doesn't mean it can't be there and i and some of the one-on-one matches may help to present that as hey this venue is what where it should be at freezer's place in arizona or uh you know and, and they have to get known and they're just not known i got a, i got a question you you guys you guys have been obviously many more events in the states, the big events, you know, um, let's say the all the different U.S. Opens that happen at Griffiths and all that kind of stuff. Is anybody ever inviting members of the press round, a, somebody from a local radio station, to come round and interview a couple of people, or or reporters that can for writing articles in the newspapers? Anyone doing any sort of media stuff in order to get this to the outside world? Because it's not difficult to to invite the local radio station. Just somebody around and say, "Listen, we've got a pool tour. You want to come round? I've got the world champion here. You know, just a five minute segment or whatever." A reporter from the local newspaper. You know, a week before that gets it in the newspaper that shows, you know, there's a massive so, big pool tournament with world champions turning up at Griffiths. You know, come around and have a look. It's free entry. Is anybody is anybody doing Or is it just a case of I'm going to put a poster on Facebook 
you know, and I'm going to contact all the players that I know will probably want to play. And they turn around, I add 10 grand to it, and there we go, we've got a tournament, you know? Well, like there's, there's, there must be more that should be done. I think the amateurs do have that because you have the organizations behind the amateurs playing who do do that kind of thing. The pros don't. Few and far between. You see 5,000 pool players show up at, at a casino in Vegas to play pool amateurs, and only one of those 5,000 is going to win that event. So you have the amount of players you need there at that to do do that. And, and, and they promote that all year. They promote it in their league play. They promote it uh, over the social media. Um, so, yeah. yeah okay, they're, they're no league. They don't have anything like that anymore. Yeah, and, promoting and it in your league is, is just promoting it to more pool players. Promoting it on your on your social media, yeah, that's, probably 90% of pool players as well. It needs to be promoted. Somebody needs to, be, somebody needs to open their newspaper and have a massive big spread in the middle saying, US Open, nine ball at Griff's from these dates with a nice big poster there that somebody who's sitting after their breakfast in the morning looks at this and says, oh, look at that. Look what's happening at Griff's. What are we doing Saturday? You want to go along and have a look at this? We'll have a couple of beers. Maybe nice or some world champions playing there. Let's go and have a look. That's how you get new people watching the game. They come in, maybe they walk in after 10 minutes to say, oh, it's a bit stinky in here. I don't like it. Or, 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 you know, all these. Or maybe they come in and say, hey, that's quite cool. I wouldn't mind a go at that. And then you get new people in. You know, it's, it's not that difficult, really. But nobody seems to, to do that. Nobody seems to make an effort to actually put anything out there for, for Joe Bloggs, who's sitting at home, who doesn't even know what the game, that the game exists, you know? It's all it's all aimed at let's let all the pool community know that this tournament's going on. Why are we not letting everybody know that this tournament's going on? You know? This this is one part of why I, I really like what Ozzy and them are doing at TSI because I for me, I think a real vital part of the success of it goes hand hand in hand with amateurs. Amateurs have to have be fans of these guys in order to want to go and spend money to go and see them. And that's why I love are we eating dinner, Jim? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> uh amateurs have Amateur tournaments going and being paired up with pro events, I think, is the best thing. And that's one thing. If you go to whenever you go to BCA, the beginning of September, you'll see it. You know, in the middle, you'll have hundred of, of tables there in the middle, and then you'll have your pro events in the back. And hopefully, after they're done with their matches, they're going to go and see this guy play that match or that guy play that match. And then now they have a vested interest in seeing the. Did he, did he just freeze for me or did he freeze for everybody? He's no, frozen. Him. He's uh-huh. frozen. Well, but I'm going to continue yeah. with what he said. I, you know, I when you go to these BCA events, these amateur events that invite, have a professional tournament going on at exactly the same time as the amateurs are playing, there was a tremendous amount of interaction and excitement with the amateur players and pros having these people come in. I mean, 500 people watching these matches, every match, and they can pick the player they want to match. Those were great things. Plus, they had events like Challenge the Pro, and then they would tape it. Jennifer Beretta was the commentator in one of those. And 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 you, you pay so much money to challenge a pro, they tape it. You can take the tape home with you. And uh, it, that kind of stuff uh, was just – it was tremendous for pool uh, and and – you know, you're talking about pros going to a tournament and trying to win some money at this tournament where there there's the average amateur player going to one of these big national tournaments. They ain't going to win a dime. They're going to win anything. They're going to lose at gambling. They're going to lose. They're going to win a fun time. 
Rob. They're, they're going to win a fun having, time. They're having a fun time, and they're having the opportunity to interact with yeah. some of the big-name stars of the sport that they love. And, and yeah, I, I'm like – Like Nate. What you said before about pros playing on bar tables, forget it. I really don't like that at all. Uh, that's 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 kind of meaningless to me. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I think uh, we could we could probably beat this dead horse all day long talking about this, you know, different strategies for uh, you know helping the industry. But at the end of the day, it's gonna it it doesn't really matter. Uh, we need the people to just step up and start doing stuff. And that's why, you know, Matchroom doing what they're doing. Um, Predator is doing a lot of things to grow the industry as far as building the tour. Hopefully Ed Ladawi and the the NBL can take off in the U.S. It, just diagnosing the issue does nothing until we actually start working towards a, a fix and a, and a cure for all of this. So. I, I just hope that the people that are putting the money behind the industry have uh, the best intentions and are going to try to do their best to actually grow it. Because I don't have the answers to it all, but I hope somebody does. It'd be nice if somebody came along that had all the answers. And I hope the people who when do have the, the answers have the financial backing behind them. For amateurs, that wasn't uh, sponsored by a particular league that you have to play in in order to go play in this tournament. There was one 20 years ago down in down in Texas, and, and Mike, that fellow's name who won that was David Gutierrez. I had remembered what it was. And that was, you just had to be an amateur. You didn't have to play in any league. You didn't have to, you know, and, and that wouldn't hurt the sport. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think there's a lot of strategy that we could put together ultimately that would do some things. A tour. We need a professional tour. That's where absolutely it is. no question. Jim. Is. I should wow. I should not I should not be allowed to play in the U.S. Open. I can just pay my thousand dollars and I can go and play in the U.S. Open. We we that can make that happen, happen, Jim. Yeah? <laughs> that shouldn't happen. It should it should be it should be, be two hundred fifty six people with a tour card or whatever, or one hundred twenty eight players with a tour card who have you know earned their spot there. Not just I'll pay a grant. I'll pay a thousand. I'll go and play the U.S. Open. Can you, imagine, can, you imagine, can you imagine if you did that in tennis? Terrence, you just turned up with your, your bag and say, yeah, I paid my entry. I'll, you know. Yeah, I'll play Wimbledon now. <laughs> Jim, what are you eating? We got we to gotta take steps, boys. You know, I think Matchroom's taking steps. I agree with that. You yeah. got some potatoes and some, what is that, some, I don't even know what that is. It looks, looks like disgusting. Blarney to me. <laughs> Plateful of Blarney. Mm. <laughs> my mum, my my mum, my wife made it while she was in the kitchen barking, Nate. Oh, whoa! Here we go again. Here we go. Again. What is, is she is she trying to get some action? Is she trying to uh, trying to get ten seven uh, <laughs> with her own money? <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on. I guess uh, let let's start talking about the, the match that's coming up this week. Uh, as we already discussed before, Sky is out. Shane is in. They are going to be playing a race to 150, bar table, nine ball. I will start off this discussion by saying I am almost in. I am near insulted that these two players, as good as they are, are going to be playing bar table, nine ball. And that is my analysis at this point. You guys can take over. Yeah, I'm disappointed too, Nate, with that. Um. 
They should be in a twelve foot table with snooker pockets. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, yeah, that's kind of like Nadal and Federer turning up and saying they're going to play table tennis. Yeah, you know? it is. I like that. Yeah. I like that analogy. Yeah, or badminton. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I, I hate it. I, I I mean I I just hate it. Um, I mean I get that I get that we've already seen the big table nine ball twice. I I I, I get that. I, I do get that. Nine ball is such an easy game with a template on a big table. If you're, if you're doing one on the, for these players, one on the, one on the spot with a template on a big table, that game is too easy for these types of players. Why are you well, playing okay, on, on a seven footer? Let's just, let's just go down the list here. Okay. So we can't go and have nine on the spot, big table because they've already played it twice. Shane loses twice. Right. So that wouldn't go and make yep. sense. You're going to have pros. None of that 10 ball action. <laughs> Dennis wants zero part of that 10 ball action. None yes. after what happened last time. So that's not an option. Now, bar table 10 ball, you can't go and play because Shane goes and steamrolls Sky. Yeah. yeah. And Sky and Dennis was close, but Sky ended up winning. So that doesn't make sense. I don't know, man. The list is kind of short. Shane eight hates ball. one pocket. I like bar table eight ball. Yeah. But, you know, Shane's got a big break. So, I mean, that I don't know. Nine balls just – it's such an easy game on a big table when you're racking one on the spot. Like, how in the world can no, you? No, no, no. They're going. They're they're playing nine on the spot. They're playing nine on the spot on a bar yeah. table. Yeah, they're playing nine on the spot. Oh, yeah. Wait a second. Yeah. A question here. And, I'm gonna buy. And, I'm gonna buy. Je- Jeff, Jeffrey would still try and get a couple of inches extra out of the break. Put <laughs> 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 the cue ball center table. Wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be like no, that far away from the one. <laughs> well, I mean, listen. You gotta get more. You gotta get more creative, right? With these guys. The problem is, is that when you start having, like, imagine if it was a Scotch doubles match, or if it was a, you know, Team Q-Tech versus Team Predator, or you know, something more creative. But the problem is, is that then you have more mouths to feed, and then the money that you're guaranteeing to these guys becomes less and less and less. So it's a double-edged sword, you know. But I do know they are working on some other great things. I mean. The, the alternative is just for them to go and cancel the match. I will stand by what I so, said. Unless you have an interest. We're going to hate you, Rob. <laughs> so what happened? Well, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, I get. Okay. I, I don't know. This just all just seems really weird. Nine on the spot. Bar table, nine ball. I mean. Would it surprise anybody? Like, let's just say, let's just say, let's just say there's no scratches and there's no dry breaks for 20 straight racks. Let's just say that. How many, how many of those 20 racks do you think are going to get ran between these two players? Mm. Minimum, I'm guessing minimum on average, 16 to 17. It wouldn't surprise me a bit if whoever wins this, 100 and 150 racks, it wouldn't surprise me a bit if there are 110 runouts, ERO's. It well, that's what I mean, me. though. Like, it's not – I mean, they're not trying to go and cement legacies here. You know, they're just – they have to figure out a game that works for gambling, you know. Yeah. And you can't go and put Dennis in a box against Shane playing 10 ball, period. You know, and why I don't not, know – I don't know if – yeah. I, I well, think I three races to 50, 8 ball, 9 ball, 10 ball. Well, I mean, that'd be fun, you know. But, again, it goes I, I back to, like, what the backers – that kind of thing. You know, do, do just – if you're going to play each other that amount of time – just do an all-round thing, but stick to the standard stuff. It's I'd rather see one pocket personally. 
for all you European uh, rotation guys out there. Okay. (laughs) Listen, it can be anything, but let's let's make it standardized. You know, it's a. You're talking about they have to they have to get creative in order to get this match set up. You end up being creative to get matches set up, and the whole gambling thing is the reason why every single game has got four or five different rule sets. And it's yeah. all come from the gambling thing. I, I'm not playing you with that rule set. Well, how about we just change this a little bit and change that a little bit, and then maybe that matches it up because your break's better than mine. Bugger off. Go and break. Practice your break then. Don't, don't negate my break just because I've spent time mastering it. And now you won't play me because I've spent time getting good at something. You pop better than me. I think the pocket should be made smaller when you're at the table. I mean, come on. Just play the game the way it's supposed to be played. And if you're better, you're better. If you're not, you're not. It's not compelling if they're just going to go and play cheap $100 sets, Jim. No one's going to go and tune into that. I mean, they can go. Listen, Dennis can go and say to Shane, hey, I'll play you for 100 a set, race to seven. And they'll play that game all day long. But no one's going to want to, like, part of the excitement that's what I mean. Then, then, then play different games. Turn around and say, okay, I'll play you twice. You choose your game. I'll choose my game. And then whoever's got the best aggregate make, score at the end of it. And, and, make, and, make, this nine ball, and, and make this nine ball yeah. game the, the hill match. If it goes oh, one-one, you know right? I'll tell you what. Let's just turn on, let's just turn on the, the Facebook Live, and then we'll just play Race to 21 flipping quarters. That, you want to talk about some action. <laughs> Listen, as long as it's not Shane flipping the coin, he breaks lights. <laughs> yeah, Listen, I, I, for better I, or worse, this is what we got, you know? Yeah. I, I'm, I, think I, it's like a shame, I think it's a shame that these two great players are going up against each other and they're playing on a baby table, personally. But, okay, if that's what they want to do. But my wife just mentioned to me, she said, there's no, a call here. how do we, we are, get people who are not interested in pool to watch pool? Okay. Because if they don't have the interest, they're not going to. She just said to me, she said, I'm not interested in baseball and I'm not interested in golf. And you got me interested in it. So what that means to her is that the players now, the people who are interested in the game, the amateurs and pros, it's up to them. It's not up to the sponsors. It's not up to the the venue uh, holders, the people who own the pool halls. It's up to the players to get other people who are not interested in the game interested in it by bringing up the intricacies of the game. What baseball didn't mean anything to her, but once I started talking about, you know, the the pitcher catcher, the the batter intricacies and how the runners get signals and all this other stuff that an, an average viewer watching the game doesn't get. They don't see that because that's something you have to know by watching the game. Once that happens with pool, you get somebody who's knowledgeable, who's into the game, getting people who are not interested in it, interested because of the deeper conversations that you guys are having, we're all having. Uh, that's going to make a difference. Yeah, I think Joey Ryan nailed it on the head right there. I think it, I mean, I kind of said this earlier. I think it'd be awesome. I think you play eight ball, nine ball, 10 ball, and play them in the order of eight ball first, 10 ball second, nine ball last, since this is the match, anyways. But Great I, think idea. Joey, I think what Joey said would be a pretty cool idea. Just match number one on Friday is Dennis's game, and they, Shane doesn't know what it is until he shows up. 
Exactly, that's what I just said. Play each other, yeah. play each other. How, how good are you going to feel if you're Shane and you say to Dennis, I give you everything, you can have anything you want, you make the rules, and then you go and beat him at his own game. Huh. That's that that gets you that gets you the credit. That gets you, you know. Well, I mean, listen, I I love that idea, but you're starting off one to one. Like Shane ain't beating him even in one pocket, and uh and Dennis ain't beating him even in tent ball. So all, all we're gonna have left is just eight ball and nine ball after that. Yeah, but what, for, screw one pocket. Nobody wants to watch one pocket. <laughs> you just love you just love you just love crushing my dreams over here, Jim. You? You, you, you do have a point. Eight ball, nine ball, ten ball. Nine ball, nine ball is the, the tie. And you know, you pick or, or if Dennis if Dennis wants the nine ball, I mean Shane's gonna take the eight ball. That's gonna take the ten ball. If Dennis wants the nine ball, take the nine ball and the eight ball's a tie. Fine. Well, I'm saying, what I'm saying is like it's played on a bar table. So what it's the bar table, right? If you're gonna play bar table, fine, whatever, I don't care. But like let Dennis pick his game going and if he wants to play one pocket on a bar table, I mean it's it's pretty stupid. But you well, that's I've seen not lots what of I people meant. play. Well, yeah, I know, but I've I've seen lots of people play uh one pocket with eleven balls on a bar table. It's it's a real game. You could you could set up that game. Dennis could bring that in. I've but, done it before. Like set it up. Like I, I just no. I this is this is my whole point. You don't just create new games because people want. Jim's to head's gonna explode. It just mate. makes All right. it makes my it makes my teeth itch that you're actually sitting there thinking we could just create an an entirely new game for these guys. There's enough games. There's enough games. There's enough different rule sets. If anything, we need less. We need to get what, rid of all the different what rules. What I'm saying, Jim, is if the match is going to happen, it's going to happen on a bar table. I think nine on the spot, nine ball on a bar table is the silliest thing that they could play. It's just what they want to gamble. That's what they want to gamble. It's like Mike said, they could sit and flip coins. If you want to watch it, watch it. If you don't, don't. That's what they want. It's a, it's a gambling match. If if somebody was to start, if somebody was to do a tournament and call it the U.S. Open and, and then have these rules or whatever, then you think, oh, come on, are you serious? And winner breaks, races to six in the first rounds. Yeah, you'd think it's a bit silly. Maybe if these guys want to gamble money based on that, they can do what they like. Or they did flip a coin to see who won. <laughs> yeah. They do what they like. Or something like that. I don't know what it was. Yeah. I'm going to start the U.S. coin flipping tour. I'm out of here. Yeah, please. I I'm mean, done. first and second place. U.S. CFT. U.S. CFT. It rings, mm. man. It's good. I don't. I don't know. Let's uh, let's jump into predictions. Mike, you're up there first. Let's let's see what you got. Race to 150. What's your prediction? Man, I got no clue. I'm assuming Shane's gonna go and take it. I don't see the man losing three times in the in, in a row. He's got too much pride. I think he wants this more than ever. That's why he snap called real quick. Cause Shane's not the easiest to go and make a game with. You know, Shane can kind of be like Shane wants it his way. So for him to go and just snap call, he's got to like his side. I like his side. Um. I don't. What is it? One fifty. One. So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I I don't see. Shot in the dark. Let's say Shane by twenty two. And no, I'm not laying any games. I'm just, I'm just, you know. Say, I'll take thirty. <laughs> I just say that. Yeah. I'll take thirty. <clears throat> Jim. Um. Again, I mean, like you said, it's a, it's an easier game for both of them playing on the. Playing on the small table, but um, I, I see I see both players putting packs together. I just see Shane putting bigger packs in, you know. And for that reason, I think you know his packs will just be slightly bigger than uh, than uh, than what Dennis is going to do. So uh, Shane, and um, how much? 
I don't know. I, I can I can see. I can see. I can see um, Dennis getting into the the one thirties, something like that. I guess. Yeah, I don't think it'll be a huge amount in it. What does Fargo say? Because Fargo's pretty accurate. What does Fargo uh, say it'll be? Uh, Fargo would say account probably for, by about ten. Probably yeah. Shane by about ten would be my guess. No, nah, more than that. It'll be more than ten. Yeah. There's only ten points separating them. There's seventeen. There's separate. There's seventeen separating uh, Sky and Carlo. Yeah, there's seventeen separating Sky and Carlo, and the the prediction there was only seventeen games. So okay. there's less separating them. There's more games, but it's it's going to be maybe fifteen to ten, ten to fifteen somewhere in there. I get. I go. I go. I think Dennis. I think Dennis gets to about one thirty-five somewhere. Like okay, Rob. Yeah, I'm. I'm on board with that. Uh, ten games, probably in that area. Whatever the Fargo says is you do the. The Fargo numbers seem to apply the longer the races, and and so if you do have something over a hundred, it's going to be pretty accurate. I yeah. I don't like Fargo, but I think it's going to be pretty accurate. Yeah, I guess when I so. I don't think I've ever actually in my entire life seen anybody play nine in the spot on a bar table. I, I don't think I've ever seen it. I would assume the break is going to be the same for the big table, but it wouldn't surprise me a bit if both of these players are using some head on from the side or from the center because that wing ball is going to go so much easier. Why would if you they cut start the soft breaking? I'm out. I can't watch them soft break nine ball on a bar table. That's just the worst. <laughs> I mean, that's just, yeah, well, I can't I mean, do it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you don't need to be that accurate when the ball or when the pocket is, what is the pocket going to be about uh, eight or nine inches closer to eight or nine inches closer than on a big table. So maybe even a little bit more. I I mean, I don't know exactly what, but the the idea is you don't need to be as accurate on that wing ball. So if you, if you don't have to cut the rack and risk that scratch into the opposite side pocket, why would you? So it it comes down to me as to whether or not they're going to actually have to cut the rack. If they're going to have to cut the rack, I mean, it, you're going to start running into more weird kicks into the side pocket or up into the corner, whatever it is. Um, and then I think as you get more and more and more into that, I think it favors Dennis. But if you if you're able if you're able to break this head on and find a way to hit it square while making the wing ball, I could see Shane winning by fifty. If it gets more into a cutting the rack type of thing, I could see Dennis maybe even eking it out or getting dang close to it. I. But I, because I know nothing about the break, I know I, I don't know. I literally going into this match, I have zero clue what's going to end up happening with this match. Well, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they deal with the break because because on the on the small table with a nine on the spot, the one ball is very easy to make in the center. But then you're just gambling on where you're on the two, you know. So that's that, that's your guaranteed that's and, a guaranteed ball that guarantees and interesting. The table. And a very interesting thing about that is there was nothing on that flyer about pattern racking, right? So you can start well, controlling that two ball. You can you can, you can stick so, the two. You know I don't know if they. Yeah, you can put the two somewhere that you know is going to. If you're playing, oh, they'll, be, they'll be they'll be pattern racking. They're not. They're, so they're, they're going to be they're, putting, they're experts. They're going to be yeah, putting yeah. the two. They're probably going to be putting the two right one. Probably right behind the one ball would be my guess, and letting it go up table, getting it away from everything else would be my guess. Listen, uh, the bottom line is they both want to win. They both got pride. And not, that nobody wants to go and lose to them. They, to them, it's a brand new game, and they're both going to be coming for each other's throats. I don't think any lead is going to be secure, especially if one of them or both of them go and figure out the break, because I don't think hitting them with sixes and sevens is going to be out of line. 
if they figure out the break. So I, I, I think that – go ahead. If they can break them head on, if they can break them head on and still make that one ball and play position to the two ball or break them head on and make the wing ball and control the one ball, it wouldn't surprise me a bit if they are regularly running eight to 12s. They're, they're competitors. And you don't think Shane is a, is a little embarrassed by losing two times to him and wants to go and send a message? You know? Yep. It's – I just I don't I just don't see how this game is just I, I could see them both going through this entire thing missing less than five balls apiece. Oh, I'll, take shot on a, I'll take the over. Yeah, how much I'll take the over that as well. How much can we I, bet? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Maybe that's a little bit maybe that's a little bit of an exaggeration. But the, the what shot are they afraid of on that table? No, I mean there's a lot of like two ways. I mean I I like it because of the clusters, but I mean going like what Stephen Fair said about Corey, I like bar table eight ball. That game I enjoy because there's clusters you got to go and watch that. work through racks. I love watching bar table eight ball. I would love to see Corey play bar table eight ball again. And I'd love to see these two guys go and play uh, bar table eight ball. And I make it even tougher. Take what you make. You know? the, thing you, the thing about bar table eight ball is you need a really, really good setup, a really, really good camera. Because like you said, on the small table, it is a lot of clusters. And if your camera equipment and everything is not – really, really, really good and you're lighting in your room, then the table just looks a mess when you're watching it on the internet and you can't see where the, you know, the difference between the colors, the the the, the, the stripes and the spots. So you need really, really good equipment. You can get away with a, a kind of slightly inferior camera when you're playing a, a nine ball or 10 ball. Uh, but playing on the, uh, <clears throat> playing eight ball on one of those little tables when the balls are all going to be clustered up, you really need really good equipment. That's the only thing really. Yeah. So I, I guess I have to give a prediction. I'm going to find I'm going to assume that they're gonna find a way to make the wing ball or the one ball with a head on break and control the two ball if they need to. And I'm gonna assume that um because of that, uh I think Shane runs away with it maybe twenty-five games, twenty-five to thirty games, something like that. If but if it wouldn't surprise me a bit if it's very, very close or even Dennis wins if they have to cut the rack. If if by day one or day two they're they're starting to work on a cut break, because uh, I know that's just going to end up turning into a soft break. And Dennis uh, Dennis already showed that he breaks that a little bit better than Shane the last time they played. He was controlling the the one ball significantly better than than Shane was, and that's I think well, why he won the match last time. So unless unless, unless they're playing on super slick valleys, I. I... I find it difficult to believe that they're going to be. I, 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 I find it very difficult to believe that they're going to make, be able to make the wing ball because it's not coming in. It's not coming in from the same angle as uh, as on the nine foot table, um, and it's going to. It's going to be. They're going to be hitting much higher up on that uh, on that long rail. Well, that's why I'm saying. If it, I don't think. I don't. I don't. I don't think the wing ball's on. To be honest, on a seven foot bar table, uh, one ball on the sides goes. The one ball on the side is the ball you got to go yeah. for, really. Yeah. I, I, or just, I, or just a random. But I don't know. I don't know if that's I don't think. I don't think the wing ball's on. I really, I really don't think the wing. Where ball's did on. this come from? The bar table thing with these pros. When did well, that even supposed, start? Well, you got to remember this was supposed to be a match between Dennis and Sky, and it, you know that that was changed this mm-hmm. week. So <clears> I, I think they're keeping with the spirit of the bar table. Um, I don't think they needed to, but maybe. Maybe they couldn't come to an agreement on a big table match because I'm sure I'm sure Shane probably doesn't want to play. Look, um, you know Shane Shane lost twice already. Why would he want to play Dennis at his game again? It seems like Dennis should have to play him at his. They're not playing one pocket big table eight ball. I think would be great. 
I think that'd be pretty cool. But I will tell you guys this for everyone who does think, and this is just goes back kind of like shoots myself in the foot for what I predicted. But the last two times they go and play uh, bar table, <clears throat> Dennis wins. Dennis double dipped him at the Michael Newsom there in Dallas, and uh, Dennis also double dipped Shane. Uh, I think it was big time in Houston a couple months back. Yeah, it was. So it's gonna it, it's gonna be they're gonna be battling. You know, obviously Shane's just gonna be a betting favorite, but uh, <laughs> Dennis can get there on a bar table. I can promise you that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, I, I Ronnie Rose's comment here is a good one. I think it's a good one. Someone missed the boat on using Earl's antics for promoting interest. People stare at car accidents. People want to. People want to see disasters. <laughs> they do. That's, I, that's I, why. I, that's I, why we get. That's why we get so many viewers. <laughs> they they want to see John yeah, Daly throw that's his. Why, that's why people like Jim and I's commentary. <laughs> exactly. That's why, know, people, that's why people. enjoy that. that. I don't know. I, I'm pushing back on that. I, I I think that that's so wrong in so many different ways. Uh, I, I, I think <laughs> it's not. Well, it's not wrong. Hang well, on. let me let me explain. I I. I I'm not arguing that people like that because, of course, you're gonna you're gonna get that. But there's a difference between seeing a, a a car accident with an established sport like basketball or football or something like that, or seeing it with a degenerate sport, which is still <laughs> vastly what pool is, right? If, if you're seeing a car wreck, somebody like Earl with a degenerate sport like pool, all you're doing is like pushing it further and further into the abyss of nothingness. And I I don't think that we need at this point in time, like if 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 in Five years from now, pool is as big as snooker in the UK. Absolutely. Bring on people like Earl because then it's charming and it's funny to watch. But when you have the the, the most represented pool player of the last 20 years, or at least one of them, well, probably not 20 years, probably 30 years, you know, 10 years ago to 20 years ago before that. But like the idea is that it's just, it's not charming anymore. It's just, it's just sad. It's pathetic when you have that happen. I, I mean, I'm sorry, but like when when I watched Earl Strickland, basically on live television, just dumping on on Aklanti Kachi in the Whirlpool Masters, I cringed. I didn't laugh. I cringed because that's this is the sport I'm trying to grow, and this is one of our best American ambassadors. Listen, but the but the but you're watching. That's all that that's all that matters. You're watching. You know, I'm gonna watch no matter what. You're not trying yeah. to get me. You're trying to get the people who are fair weather fans. Who who That's know true. the who know the reputation of the sport and are trying to you know get interested in it and you see something like that. Well, I'd be curious to see how many well, views that that little clip got. Well, I think there are people who watch professional golf just to see what Ian Poulter was kind of pants he was going to wear. And, and t- to go to Ed Ladawi, like John McEnroe, absolutely helped tennis, but tennis was an established sport. That's my point. Is pool is not an established sport. I, I don't think that. I don't think I got, call, I got colleagues at work. I got colleagues at work, and they know that they know that I, you know, they see they're on my Facebook and they see me doing my thing with my camera on my table and, and doing some stuff, and they see this kind of stuff, and occasionally they bring up the subject of pool. They know nothing about it, absolutely nothing about it. They, you know, they'll go to the pub and there'll be a pool table there, and they'll say, "Oh, we'll play a couple." They don't know what they're doing. They have no idea that they don't know the game. I mentioned the name Earl Strickland. Yeah, I know that name. Yeah. I say, I say, I say to them: Johnny Archer, Danny, Darren Appleton, Joshua Filler, Alvin Ocean, Jason Shaw, uh, El Strickland. Oh, yeah, him. I know him. Well, <laughs> I, I, to be, but I get that, and I understand. I understand that people might know him, 
But you say the same thing about Jeanette Lee, and everybody knows who Jeanette Lee is. The thing is, is you're you know Jeanette Lee for positive reasons, not outbursts. Oh, can't argue there. Well, that's true. But as far as participation and viewer participation, it don't matter to them yeah. <laughs> whether they're. Well, Jeanette Lee was on every Budweiser poster at the pool room play you know, because they got a great exactly. character, or they're watching because their character is all messed up. <laughs> I the only care. I used to find, I used to find like the Earl Strickland stuff pretty funny and I used to enjoy it quite a bit as well. My point is now that I'm on the, you know, the, the girl side of the sport, trying to actually grow the sport. I look at what he's doing as detrimental to it. Cause at the end of the day, when you ask you, when you, when you go into suburbia in the U S you go into some suburb of some major metropolitan area and you ask the average uh, man and wife, what their vision of pool is their vision is a degenerate sport, right? It's gambling, dirty, break your thumbs if you beat somebody, hustling type of thing. And when you see antics, you know, if your only exposure to pool is the the casual video of Earl Strickland dumping on Eklantikachi, uh, and let's just say that comes across that suburban family's Facebook page and they see that, do you think their idea is reinforced or do you think they're starting to think, all right, well, maybe maybe that's not the case. Maybe it's something different. And those are the type of people that we're going to have to reach ultimately. I mean, obviously, you know, we're only going to get maybe one out of every 300,000 of those people. But the idea is you just turned off one person for the rest of their lives. Their, their stereotypes have been completely, you know, backed up. And they look at the sport for, you know, when you see stuff like that, that's exactly what it's being presented as. We're trying to grow the sport, not, you know, not uh, – not uh, it's different if we were basketball or football, where we already have a, a, a listener base of millions and millions and millions of people. Then the Dennis Rodgers, then out. the John McEnroe's. That's that's great. That's charming. That's adding to the flair. We don't have that. I don't I, know I whose stomach is growling. That's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> now you're right. I mean, I get it to an extent, and you got some valid points. But I don't know. I like that 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 car wreck theme. It's true, though. You know, these these guys got to have personality. They got to be on social media. There's got to be ways for fans to go and connect and follow their career and their progress and all that. So I think all of it, <laughs> all of it's to a bigger point. And at the end of it, we all want to see these guys get the money they deserve. So in the meantime, we got to just go and, and uh, uh, they got to go and make a living for now. Yeah, you we know? talked the whole so. show about the players these days being able to uh, have the ability to promote themselves when they're on that stage. And when you watch pool and know nothing about it, you watch the guy shoot balls in the hole, go sit down, and that's all you see. There, there, there isn't a lot of emotion. There isn't a lot of uh, dramatic moments where there's a lot of excitement and stirring inside the player. You can see the fist pumping, and we see that after the match is over. But we don't see that really during the game all that much. Like a guy makes a putt on a green, and he's in the middle of the second round, and he's pumping his fists. You know, you if if we saw a little more of that with Poole, well, I, I think everybody. I, I think everybody loves watching the players jump up on the table after the Moscone Cup or after the World Championship. There's I mean, no there's, question. Well, I was going to say. I was going to say, Nate. I mean, I mean, I know you guys over in the USA for a number of years. You had ESPN was televising the uh, tournaments and stuff like that. 
for us, for me in the UK and for for the majority of Europe, the only pool we ever got to see on television was the Moscone Cup. So we got to see five Americans every year and five, well, in the beginning there was a few more. There was a couple of girls and a couple of ladies in it as well. But one of the guys, you know, the reason it was exciting and you started watching it, you know, and the other people started watching it, had never seen it before, started watching it, it was because of the kind of things like Earl Strickland doing all these stuff. Yeah. The race goes and jumping around, you know. Earl Strickland is probably, over the years, I would say back in the 90s, responsible. That, that era and that group of players, Strickland, Archer, those guys, they were oh, Steve, Davis, Steve Davis for the European side. Jimmy White for the European side. These are the guys that brought the biggest amount of viewers to pool over the years. That That's when pool went from, certainly over here, from nobody watching it to a huge amount of people watching pool. It still wasn't as accessible as it is now with, within Europe. And in the UK, certainly not. You couldn't find a nine-ball table anywhere. But those were the guys. You watched it. Jimmy White, Johnny Archer, Earl Strickland. These are, these are the guys that made it interesting for people to watch. Yeah, It might be old news now. Earl Strickland and his antics might be old news now, but don't underestimate how much they actually helped pool grow over the you years. Guys, you, you guys know? are pretty young. You probably don't remember, but I watched live uh, on Sundays on the main sports channel, ABC Sports, uh, Willie Moscone playing Minnesota Fats. And there was millions of people that watched this who didn't know anything about pool. And if you know anything about Minnesota Fats, he he was he was a loudmouth dick. And every single game, that's what he was. Beep. And 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 Willie just took it. He took it and he did the best he could under those circumstances. And, and it made with, with Howard Cosell doing the commentary game, game by game, he built up that aspect of the game of, of uh, uh, Minnesota fats being this, you know, creepazoid pool player who would do anything and go to any extremes to win. And it was very popular. I mean, there was tons of people that watched that. I, I didn't miss a Sunday of it, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, Jim, I, I, I got to agree with you. Although the representation of the game, we want it to be cleaner. We, we, we want it to be more respected. We want it to be held in a higher esteem. What the average person who views things wants is excitement. Yeah. Well, what, I'm, what I'm gonna say, what I'm gonna say is, I, I'm open to being wrong. I hope I am wrong. Uh, I like Earl Strickland. I, I mean, I loved his game. He's an he's an American. Chicago number is pretty good. But 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 what I'm going to say at this point, I'm open to being wrong. I really am. I would love to be wrong. What I'm gonna say is, Matram agrees with me because you you don't see Earl Strickland in their events anymore. If he was that big of a draw and people wanted to see that that stuff happen, he would be playing. He's on their flyer. Nate, Nate. On their fly for the US well, Open. Yes, for the US Open. It, exactly. Yeah. But so he wasn't a, Nate, Matram are not stupid. Matram kept Errol in their tournaments. He got another invite to the Masters. They did the kind of the sort of Legends Moscone Cup where he was in there as well. They've kept him in there because they know that people tune in to watch him. 
You know, he may be a pain in the ass for them to deal with. When was the last time? he's going to bring viewers in. And if Matchroom didn't still realize and st still didn't have an idea of the, the promotional aspect that Earl Strickland has, then he wouldn't get his own poster for the US Open. They're not giving 128 posters out for the US Open on their website. They're not putting on their, their Facebook page 128 players. He's been announced because they still know he's a massive name and a massive draw. I'm not, I'm Maybe not they're sick to death of dealing with him, but they still know that on a promotional side, he still does a job. I'm not arguing with any of that. What I'm saying is he's not doing his antics when he's on a poster. Yes, he's marketable, but there's no downside to putting him. What's the downside to putting him on a poster? There's no antics that he can get him in trouble with. The true test is whether or not they're going to give him an interview after he loses his first or second match. That's going to be the true test. And can we bet it? Point yeah, I'll, I'll take the – I'll go yes, he will. They will. I'll, I'll bet yes, they do too, 1,000%. Like I'll I said, I'm open it. to being wrong. I'm open to being wrong. I'm just saying that he has not played in the Masters, the World Pool, the World Nine Ball, or any other events for – since 2018, I think, was the last time he played. Well, the reason he's not – well, I can tell you, the reason he's not been in the Masters or the Moscone Cup is he's not good enough anymore. Simple as that. They're invitational events, and he's just not good enough. He can't hang with these guys anymore. Um. So, yeah, yeah, the U.S. Open, anyone can play in the U.S. Open. Like I said, I can play in the U.S. Open. I mean, That's my point. That's why I don't think it's that big of a deal that he's on a poster. Well, I haven't seen a poster for for, for, uh, for Darren Appleton yet. I haven't seen a poster for... Uh, well, for he's not playing, remember? Darren will be there. He's got a green card. He can still travel over. Oh, you know? okay. So, so Darren's not on it. You know, I haven't seen one for Shane yet. Has Shane been put on? Has Sky been put on one? I've seen Federer's got one. Has I, I, Alvin know, been... I know Sky's been on one. There's no there's no way that Shane hasn't been on one. Has Alvin been on one? Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of players above above uh, Errol that could be on there, you know. But it doesn't really wow. matter. I'm just saying that, he, that you know, he's not being uh, – Maxim have stopped inviting him to events partly because he's hard to deal with and partly because he's just not good enough anymore. Um, but he's still got a marketable value to him. 100%. Oh, yeah. uh, Shane and Elvin are on the actual Moscow – are on the actual poster for the event itself. So oh, yeah, you know who – and you know who's not? <laughs> or maybe I didn't see it right. Jason's not on it, and he won it a couple of years ago. Well, let's – I mean, I'm looking through the posters right now to see who's been on it, but – um, the, the official one with, with different players on it. Jason's not even on it, and he won it a couple of years ago. Bit weird. Okay. Well, <laughs> there's uh, who's on who's the total? Shane, Joshua, Albin, Corey. Oh, Jason. They announced the players list while we've been on the air. You donkeys. Jason is two on it. It's, uh, is Billy, he? Billy Thorpe, Sky, Jason, Corey, Duel, uh, Albin, Fedor, and Shane. Okay. So now, if I go through, here, no, the one, the one, I, the one I saw, the one I saw had uh, had uh, Chris Robinson on it as well, but not Jason. I, I mean, I'm scrolling down. I don't see that one. They got a, Come I on. mean, they got a poster for a lot of players. I, I mean, I can go through here and look at all of them, but um... uh, Ed Ladawa, yeah, Jason, Jason won it the year before. The, the Jason won the last original U.S. Open. And then Filler won the first uh, match and one. Yeah. Was it 2016? Mm -hmm. 2016? No, 2017 it would have been. Eh? There's, only been there's only been one match from US Open. And they missed a year, didn't they? So they missed uh, 2018. Yeah, then they played 2019. 2017, I think Jason won it. 
Yeah. You got to go check the. You got to go check the posters. There's there's weight. There's a lot. There's a I lot don't actually there. care. I actually I actually have to go pretty soon because my next door neighbor is yeah. us round for <laughs> drinks and I'm going to empty his fridge. <laughs> I hope you're watching. I'm coming. I'm coming to get your fridge. I'm coming for your fridge. Yeah. Mm. I, Jimmy's yeah. Jimmy's got a little bit a little bit of a thirst on. <laughs> I'm just there, Jim. It doesn't matter. It's after five. No. And I'm and I'm on I'm on vacation now as well. The ale time. <laughs> yeah, we can uh we can close it up. I, the only thing I, I I hope I'm wrong. I mean, I I would love to see Earl get more involved, but I would love to see him do it in a positive way, or at least not like a completely disrespectful to your opponent, saying that they're they're not a good player after getting shellacked seven to three or whatever he got beat by Eklanti was. I just think there's a better way to do it. I think there's a there's a charming aspect to it. I'm not I'm not arguing with that. I guess me becoming a promoter to the game makes me. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe I am a Listen, little bit more conservative as far as the market. We're talking about Earl. That just shows how great, how like what he does. We're talking exactly. about Earl right now. And I tell you, and I tell you one thing about Earl. I've, I've talked to him. I've talked, I haven't talked to him extensively, but I've talked to him a few times. And if you're willing to actually sit and listen to him and filter out all the nonsense in between it all, he does say some pretty genius things, and he does have some great ideas. If somebody was to actually spend the time to sit down with Earl. Yeah. And go through the and go through the one hundred ideas that he has. They're going to find one or two in there that are actually absolute gems. You just have to take the time to listen to them and yeah. keep them off the table. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Twenty years ago, I sat and, and talked with Earl for an hour, and just me and him, nobody else around, empty room. And my whole attitude toward Earl changed after that, and I saw a different human being than I see on the pool table. Or any he's, a complete, he's a completely he's different person. Away from pool tables. Any anytime he's away from pool and gambling, he's a good dude. I mean, he, he really is. I spent time around him as well. I mean, he he is. He's a good dude. I I just I'm only saying that uh, I I think that the from the and he actually of, he does great commentary as well. He gives good comment. I, like I quite like listening to him in the commentary as well. It's quite amusing. Yeah. Anyway, we said we were stopping. We've talked about Earl enough. Earl's not even yeah. watching. I didn't know coffee boys. Not watching this, and we've been praising him and telling him how awesome he is. Yep, the only th- the only thing uh, I'll throw on here for a run is uh, Albin was officially announced as the Moscone Cup. That's not a surprise because he's the world champion, so he's guaranteed in. Um, but he was officially announced, and tickets are going on sale for the Moscone Cup uh, supposedly next week. So. I guess those are the uh, the other big announcements happening in the pool world, and so uh, it means that's... it means that Alex and 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 Carl uh, uh, can just choose four complete nobodies now, and we'll still beat you because we've got Alvin. <laughs> that's only, the way it is. We, so, yeah. we only need Alvin. We well, only I'm not going to bet on us. I'll tell you that. <laughs> we only need Alvin. <laughs> Jim can be the Jim can be on the team, and you guys will still have a chance. Plenty. Hey, what was, what was that face post, Jim, where you had all these dollar bills stuck in your ears? Oh, I want to. I want to. Yeah, I want a tournament at the weekend. Oh, so I was right. I was just thanking all the all my fellow competitors for all their uh, the money that they registered with, <laughs> which out of my pocket. That was funny. I like that. It was like, like taking candy from a baby. Yeah. 
Yeah. You had some lollipops pop stuck in there. <laughs> yeah, just shoving it in everywhere. All right, let's get out of here. All right, All right thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks, everybody, for joining me. And uh, until next week. And just remember, we're doing Tony in, uh, I guess, about four hours from now. We're going to be live with Tony Chowen. So make wow. sure to hang around the podcast. All right. For that. All, right All right. Take care, everyone. Later. See you. Later. Later. Hey everyone, thanks again for listening. If you've liked what you've heard and you want to contribute to the future content that will be made, consider joining the podcast's Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash up. Becoming a Patreon of the podcast will help to create all of the future content that the podcast will have. Special shout out to Dave Peters, Aaron Taylor, Pete Silsby, Morgan Lupton, Ben Young, Robert Miller, Andy Morse, and Bill Pelham for your generous contributions to the podcast's Patreon. If you ever need any more information on what the Patreon system is or how you can contribute outside of the Patreon, please reach out to the podcast or Nate himself. If you would like to contribute to the podcast for free, consider sharing any podcasts or the podcast page on Facebook itself. Also, leaving a review and a rating if you listen through iTunes. It helps others find the podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back soon with another episode of the Cue It Up podcast.